0: The only reason you say that race was not an issue is because you wish it was not. We all wish it was not. But it's a lie. I came from a country where race was not an issue. I did not think of myself as black and I only became black when I came to America. When you are black in America and you fall in love with a white person, race doesn't matter when you're alone together because it's just you and your love. But the minute you step outside,
1: race matters. I really don't think... I feel comfortable making a joke about this quote. Something about race
0: cars, maybe?
1: Ah, let's just roll the music. You're listening to Outside of a Dog, where we decide whether great literature is actually any good. Hello and welcome to Outside of a Dog. My name is Jonas. And I'm Christian. Hi. This week we read a highly acclaimed novel that was published in the year 2013, Americana, by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie. The book was selected as one of the 10 best books of 2013 by the editors of New York Times Book Review, and it won the 2013 National Book Critics Circle Award. Adichie previously published Half of a Yellow Sun, another best-selling book, and shortly after Americana was published, she rose to even greater fame when part of a TED Talk that she gave, titled Why We Should All Be Feminists, that was the one, wasn't it? Yeah. Was featured on a Beyoncé track, which is quite interesting, because she mentions Beyoncé in Americana in a sort of offhand way, saying, oh yes, of course, we all love Beyoncé, but it would be kind of nice to see how her hair looks naturally, and not to always see her so polished and perfect.
0: Americana is also partly based on Adichie's life, is the story of a young Nigerian woman, Ifemelu, and also a young Nigerian man, Obinze. They grew up together in Nigeria, became teenage lovers, but Efemelu makes her way to the United States, where she has a scholarship for university. Obinze tries to follow her, but he doesn't make it to the US. He ends up in Great Britain, where he fails spectacularly. He has to clean toilets and finally is deported because he's in the country illegally. Femelo, on the other hand, after some difficulties in the beginning, grows very much accustomed to life in the United States, even though she also realizes that her status as an African woman makes it difficult for other people to kind of categorize her. Is she African-American? American-African? Is she black? So her racial status matters a lot to her. And she begins writing about it in a highly praised blog. That blog makes her kind of famous in intellectual circles. And the book follows Ifemelo's story, her, her relationships with her aunt Uju and several men. But she also never forgets Obinze. And in the end, she decides to return to Nigeria, where she also meets Obinze again. And the old love story is not over yet. Or is it? No, it's not. It kind of is. Maybe that's the thing. The love story itself is not at the center of the novel. What is at the center of the novel is the experience of these young Africans in the world, in the US and in the UK, respectively, where they are treated differently, obviously. But the thing is, they're also treated differently in the end in Nigeria. The title of the novel, Americana, is a term for emigrants to the US who return to Nigeria and are seen as somehow arrogant. They won't stop talking about how much better it was in the US. So the basic situation is a very post-colonial one where you have people caught in a situation between two worlds and it's very difficult for them to navigate this situation.
1: You could say they're caught between cultures. Shout out to
0: everyone who finished school in Baden-Württemberg, same time as I did, woo! You young people (laughs) sicken me. One question maybe to you Jonas in the beginning. Could you actually relate to that very specific cultural situation? I mean, let's face the, this time not big gay elephant in the room, but the big white elephant in the room, (laughs) namely us. Um, (laughs) Hey, are you calling me fat? I'm not calling you a whale, at least. (laughs) But (laughs) yes, we are obviously white, middle European guys. And we are not in the same situation as Adichie is or characters in a book are. So could you still relate to that situation from a Mm. personal viewpoint?
1: Firstly, it's very interesting how you said that uh, Obinze doesn't get a visa for the US because, oh, after 9-11, it's more difficult to get one. But yeah, Most of the attackers came from Hamburg, Germany. So we should be the kinds of people who would have trouble getting a visa. And when I went to the US to study for a year, it was so easy to get a visa. (laughs) But on some level, I could really identify with these people a lot. And then I wondered why I could, because my situation is so different. And then I wondered, wait, but is my situation actually that different? And then I felt bad by because I've just assumed that my situation was so different. But let's face it, I'm middle class, but we both are, so are the people in this book. We both are fairly educated, so are the people in this book. We both are kind of ambitious, we want to achieve something in life, so do they. Of course our backgrounds are slightly different, our countries of origin. Nigeria is not a very rich country, Germany is. And uh, our skin colour is different and I definitely realised in the US that I was treated differently because I was white. And I can only assume that I would have been treated very differently if I had been not white. But I could identify in many, many ways. For example, uh, when they talk about parties in Lagos and about the middle class people who go there or the school school friends and the sort of awkward school dances and holding hands and young Romans. That is all very relatable. Or then when she goes to the US, it's a bit like in Lolita where I said that I could identify with some of Humbert Humbert's observations as a European in the US. She also makes some of these observations that I can really relate to. Or the way she describes college life in the US was actually very reminiscent of my experience at college in North Carolina. When I read this book, I was really nostalgic just for the campus atmosphere and the coffee shop on campus and the library and going to classes and having discussions with my fellow students. So, yeah, that was a lot for me to really hold on to in these characters. But then there was this experience of racism and this experience of being black in America, which I, of course, don't have. So this is an ideal case, really, where literature gives me
0: an in to a character that I can identify with, but also shows me something very new. I agree that there is, even for us who don't share the same cultural experience, maybe. There is a lot to identify with. And I think one reason for that is that no matter our cultural background, we are basically the same generation that Adichie and her characters are. I mean, she is 37 by now, I think. We are younger, obviously, but we're still... Are you there? Shut the fuck up. (laughs) But we're still... Part of that same cultural experience, remembering 9-11 as a very pivotal experience for our lives um, when we were still much younger. Growing up with the internet, a large part of the novel is about Ifemelu's block, And there are many block entries that are recounted and given. And obviously, I mean, we're doing a podcast here, so we can share that experience as well. And also on a more personal level, I could relate very much to Obinza's story. Not, of course, the experience of being illegally in a country, but feeling alienated somewhere else. Feeling very far away from what you might call home and meeting people you usually would call friends. And they have changed to a large degree. So that I could also relate to. And therefore, I found it kind of a bummer that Obinze's point of view kind of falls short. Obviously, the story as a kind of author avatar gets a much larger part of the narrative. Her perspective, her story is predominant. So Obinze's point of view, it's not as important, maybe. And I think that is kind of a shame, not just because of the personal point of view, but also because... The experience of the united kingdom in comparison with the united states kind of falls short
1: so you wish that in this novel which not only discusses issues of race but also issues of gender and femininity and the black female experience specifically which still contains extensive chapters from a male point of view you just wish it had been a bit more fleshed out and there had been a bit more masculine view in it
0: Let's call it a case of um, mistaken marketing, maybe. The whole story is obviously told from Ifemela's point of view. Um, the frame story, so to say, is her sitting in an African hair salon in Trenton, I think. Uh, I think... Not Princeton in any way. Yeah, exactly. She talks a lot about that she can't get uh, a decent braid in, in Princeton. And she kind of remembers her story. Maybe it's more a formal point of critique that I have there, that I don't think you need Obinz's point of view added to that if it is just a kind of tacked-on thing. If it had been just Ifemelo's perspective, that, for me, would have been enough, because Ifemelo goes through a great deal of experiences in the U.S., has a great deal of many points of view and much to say about how she experiences that. So for me, Obinz's story is very personal and relatable, but ultimately not that necessary. It kind of muddles perspective. And that obviously is a very intellectual and a very nitpicky critique that I have. But still, from a structural point of view, I don't think that we really need Obinz's story.
1: But It's a book about two people, two people who fall in love at the beginning of the book, and then their lives diverge. So we need to see both of their lives. And we do see more of uh, Ifemelu's life, yes, but that's just because more happens in it. And so I don't really mind that Obinze's chapters are a bit shorter and that there's less about him, because they reunite in the last part of the book. And so I think if his chapters hadn't been there, he would have just appeared like the deus ex machina.
0: Yes, but again, I don't think that Americana is the story of Ifmelo and Obinze. This is not a romantic drama about people losing their way and losing themselves or each other and finding back again. This is the story of the Nigerian, maybe even the African experience in the world for those middle-class kind of wealthy, educated, young Africans who try to make it in a world where their role isn't entirely defined. And so for me, trying to balance um, Ifemelos and Obinza's story is not really possible. So maybe, again, it's interesting, it adds to the experience, but I don't think we really need it. I would have liked to hear more about Obinza's career, for example, sometimes more than about uh, the boy trouble that uh, Ifemelu has, to be honest.
1: Boy trouble is a kind of interesting way to put it. It's about a very complex experience. I mean, being a woman in America has a large set of disadvantages. Being African-American or African or black or somehow non-white in America has a set of disadvantages. And when the two come together, there's just a lot to talk about. So... Obinze's life uh, in Nigeria is probably not discussed as much because it's just a lot more smooth going. He lands a sort of shady business deal and comes into some money with that and then, hey, okay, he's fine. And then he leads a very boring life. I wouldn't have liked to read five chapters about that. While you say that it's a structural criticism, The book isn't very rigidly structured. It is very loosely structured and it sort of follows their lives along. There is this frame narrative, but that is dropped towards the half. And then you have these interspersions of blog entries from Ifemelu's blog about being non-African-American but black
0: in the U.S. As I said, maybe I'm too much of a formalist to just let that go by. Just just relax
1: and follow the flow of the book. Just let
0: it take you on a ride. But that's the thing. I don't know whether I can do that. I certainly don't want to come across as... I wanting... can show you <laughs> the world. I certainly do not want to come across as someone who thinks that Obinza's story is more important than Ifemelu's just because he's a man and I can relate more to a man. Certainly, Ifemelu's story is enormously interesting. And there are many things, even the, as I kind of provocatively called it, the boy trouble That shows a lot about her perspective and how she has to deal with that. But obviously, if a male's point of view, is a very intellectual one. For me, at least, the emotional part, the having to suffer through this, and she also does suffer. There's a large period in her life where she's depressed by what she has to endure in the US. And for me, that, especially in the latter part, when she becomes more successful, kind of glossed over by her very intellectual and maybe Adichie's very intellectual ideas about race, about being African in a country where race matters and where African means something else than being African-American. And these ideas are really fascinating. But sometimes I have the feeling that I would have rather read Ephemelo's blog entries than having to read them in a novel. For me, the novel... Falls kind of short when it comes to the emotional impact of these ideas, especially with Ifemelo's point of view, but also with Obinze's point of view, because, yeah, as we said, it is not as important. So, there could have been much more to explore the strange position they both have in these countries and also their relationship. It is supposed to be this grand love story that is rekindled when they both meet each other in Nigeria. But for me, there is not enough to actually give me an idea why this love story is so great. Because they soon separate and go their different ways. And that is much more important. Agreed. But then I don't really have the connection to them as a couple. And I don't really have to read a novel that is about both of them.
1: I think I firstly disagree that all the issues are treated in this sort of intellectualized and not really involved way. I think the emotion of the impact of racism and of sexism comes out incredibly well. For example, one of Obinze's friends in England uh, marries a white woman, and he then always sort of talks about incidents in a sort of funny way. But then... With Obinzi, he tells him about these same racist incidents, and there he actually shares his emotions and how they made him feel. And that is stressed very much. And it is about their love story, it's just not mentioned all the time. It's the constant background hum. It's always there, even though they don't talk about it very much, but when they meet again, or when they think about the other one again, it's like an explosion, and the thing that has been under the surface for months or years even, in some cases, bursts out again. It is not explicitly said so much, but I always felt that in the Ifemelo parts, Obinze was there in the background, and in the Obinzi parts, she was there as well, always on, in the back of their minds.
0: Maybe that is true, but maybe that's also the case, because Ifemelo's other lovers, for me at least, were kind of stereotypes one of her boyfriends is kurt the good-looking rich white guy and she uses that to talk a lot about the relationship between white and black in the us the quote we read in the beginning relates to her relationship to kurt and kurt comes across like the quintessential white guy who wants to have some excuse my french jungle booty and certainly... That's Excuse true. my racist French. <laughs> Excuse my racist French. But certainly that is true for probably a terrible amount of white dudes. But it also means that I can't take him seriously as a kind of contender against um, Obinze. And the other big love of her life, Blaine, the African-American intellectual, falls too much on the other end of the spectrum. He's the... Yeah the African-American intellectual. And he even is arguing with Ifemelu on the basis of principles. There's one point when Barack Obama is vying to become president and Ifemelu and Blaine both follow this enthusiastically. And the moment he becomes president, they make love again. So that is kind of a maybe symbolic, maybe kind of crude parallel there. So it's not that I criticize that everything is portrayed through that lens of of race and racism. I find it really expertly portrayed that you don't have this feeling of, oh, she talks about race again, that you really get the feeling of what she's trying to express and the ideas she's trying to bring across. But at the same time, from a novel point of view regarding plot, regarding characters, it's a bit too—I don't know—bit too much on the surface for me.
1: You obviously weren't as involved with the two thousand eight election as I was. Uh, I, I watched it live with a friend, and seriously, the moment they announced the result, the clothes just came off. Seriously. No, no, they didn't. They didn't.
0: I, actually, <clears throat> when I reread that part about um, Obama kind of getting traction and becoming a, a viable candidate, I. Had tears in my eyes because yeah. I remember that and that whole Re- that remember, whole hope thing.
1: Remember when we used to like Obama?
0: God, two thousand eight is a long time ago. Yeah, ah, oh, it's just really depressing to think about it. And imagine that from the point of view of African Americans or Africans in the U.S. And that emotion doesn't really come across for me. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I really like the point of view as something analytical as as a point of view that really shows the breadth and the intricacies of race and racism in the U.S. and many ideas I had not thought about before from my middle European white point of view. But for a novel where I should follow the characters and what they think I don't know that's why you read them in a blog that's the perfect medium to deliver these
1: in the novel to sort of have them as interspersions from a blog and they're
0: really short they're read in less than a minute but you always
1: get a little yeah, something to consider
0: obviously I, I actually like the blog entries some of them are maybe a bit too long or they are a bit too frequent in the end but i like the idea also that they're not Directly connected to what is going on in the rest of the chapter, that you have to think for yourself, how is that block entry linked to Ifemelo's personal experience
1: i I don't have this problem of detachment. I don't really see why you do because I, didn't you just say that the part about Obama moved you to tears? That sounds very much emotional
0: to me, but that was my personal memory. It was not in the book itself something that made me relate to the situation of the characters, obviously. Even taking the whole cultural-racial divide into account.
1: I I think uh, if a book evokes something like that in you, then you can credit that to the book. That's not something you did. That's something the book did to you. I was really impressed by the intensity of the things in the book. And yes, you said that sort of her two boyfriends in America are sort of stereotypes, stock characters, you might say. The book is basically like a crash course. You could also call this book an introduction to black female identity and immigrant identity in the U.S. in the early 21st century. And that would work. But I don't mind that. Um, A lot of the things that I would have learned from this book were actually familiar to me because I took a class in the U.S. on the history of African-American women since Eighteen hundred and sixty-five. It was sort of brought back to me, and I remembered a lot of the things that we discussed in that class by, when I read the book, and I remembered a lot of the issues. Um, but I didn't mind that because I thought that I profited greatly from that class. It really helped me learn new things, opened my eyes to a lot of things. And I think that's something that everyone should learn. That is something everyone has to know. And in that class, there were a lot of African-American women. There were several African-American men some white American women, but I was the only white man in that room. Which sometimes made me feel quite uncomfortable and I felt, okay, maybe I shouldn't comment on this discussion now because I don't know jack about this topic. But I also think people aren't going to seek this out. People aren't going to make an effort to learn about race and gender and how the two are interlinked and how the two shape people's experience in the US today. So it is important that books like this are written. Books that people pick up at the airport and think, oh, I'll read this. This looks entertaining. Oh, it was nominated for the Bailey's Women's Prize for Fiction. And uh, then they read it and they are maybe shown some things that they wouldn't encounter otherwise. That is one of the educational things that literature is somehow supposed to do, isn't it? It
0: mm, certainly is. But literature is also... There I again come across as a horribly old-fashioned formalist. Literature is also supposed to be art and present whatever it wants to present in an artistic fashion. And certainly, I don't want to criticize a teacher's style. I like many of her expressions and the way she formulates these ideas. I like them very much. But again, why write a novel? Why not write a memoir or a Nonfiction, essayistic book regarding these things, regarding these ideas. A novel doesn't have to follow a certain style, obviously, but it, for me, at least, it should have its own style. And Americana feels kind of dry at times. At the same time, what I'm wrestling with is whether I myself don't have a certain racism when it comes to post-colonial literature. I'm used more to the postmodern ramblings of someone like Salman Rushdie, for example, where when you read something like Midnight's Children, where you are bombarded by style and allusions and flowery language, and maybe for me that is kind of linked to postcolonial literature. So, in that sense, maybe Americana is a welcome break from what is maybe expected from such a novel. At the same time, it doesn't develop its own personal style. That is, I have to admit maybe, but I will also stand by this. This is my own perspective. There are many other things that are really great about the novel. But yeah, style-wise, I don't know.
1: I think you're in very good company with that opinion though. Because basically all the men in Ifemelu's life think like you. They think that... Good literature, proper literature, needs to be complicated and needs to have its own style. And that is actually discussed fairly early on. That gently forbearing tone he used when they talked about novels, as though he was sure that she, with a little more time and a little more wisdom, would come to accept that the novels he liked were superior novels, written by young and youngish men, packed with things, a fascinating, confounding accumulation of brands and music and comic books and icons, with emotions skimmed over, and each sentence stylishly aware of its own stylishness. That is basically the kinds of books that we have discussed on this
0: podcast so far, And the kinds of books that you really like, isn't it? It it is. It certainly is. And I felt kind of called out by that. And (laughs) I agree, yes. And it's right at the beginning, so people like you can see, oh, okay, so that's not
1: one of these books. True. I think part of your problem might be a problem that I also had at the very beginning, but that went away when I became aware of it. The style of the novel is a kind of style that I used to really struggle with and... I think I could sort of tentatively call it a 21st century realism. It's a very declarative style where, for example, characters are described as he valued honesty. That is actually said about Obinze, rather than that it's shown. And very declarative sentences. And then sometimes uh, you get very direct insights into the minds of people, but they're not muddled or stream of consciousness as in many modernist or postmodern books, but they're very clearly thinking. And you don't you don't get an insight into the stream of consciousness, but they're in a monologue rather. And that is a very popular style, I feel, recently. I don't read a lot of recent fiction, but when I read it, often it is in this style, which sometimes irks me, but I try to move beyond that now. But what Americana therefore actually reminded me of was Freedom by Jonathan Franzen, the great American novel, as some people also say, published in 2010, if I'm not wrong. And it's also in this very declarative style, and there are a lot of similarities, really. It's also an epic, sweeping story in a lot of ways. So my recommendation, if you liked Americana, you should... No, 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 we aren't there yet. We we aren't there yet. yet. Also, it's not my recommendation because they are fundamentally different
0: books. And it's maybe fitting that I hate Jonathan Franzen. Oh, you do? I really do. But at least that gives me the hope that my criticism of this book is not just because I'm a white literary supremacist, but rather that... I have problems with this more realist style, and i I agree that is common with many books, and I'm more of a fan of more fanciful writing so you're convinced that it's not
1: just because you're white and middle class and kind of racist because somebody else was white and male and middle class that probably also kind of racist thinks the same hey <laughs> I'm
0: not racist, but no, but actually, what I really, really like about. Um, the novel is exactly this unapologetic treatment of race and racism. That in the 21st century, Aditya makes very clear that racism still is a thing. There's a great quote where she talks about, I think it's one of the block entries actually, where she talks about that in modern American culture, racists are portrayed as these tight-lipped white people in time of the civil rights movement. And that nowadays, obviously, there may be racists, but they are outsiders in society, backwards people. And no, that's not the case. Race and racism, as especially these past few months have shown, are a very dominant part of American culture and society. And people don't like to talk about it. That's also something that is repeated several times. People don't like to think that racism and race are still categories that matter, but they are. And I really like that position that Adiche has, that no matter whether she, or if Melu rather, is American or African-American or African or whatever, it's very clear that this is an important part of her identity and it's a very important part of how she's treated by others, no matter whether they are employers, colleagues, friends, boyfriends, and so on. And I like that Adiche doesn't hold back And says, yeah, my book is about these issues. These are issues that are important. These are issues that should not be watered down or sugarcoated Because race doesn't matter anymore. And it's boring to hear about it. The only race that counts is the human race. And the space race. Don't forget that. Um, (laughs) And I have nothing but the greatest respect, appreciation and affection for that point of view. Because... That's something that people, not only in the US, but also in Europe, should really, really relate to, no matter what their cultural background is.
1: I have a final sort of piece de resistance of evidence, though, against your allegation that Americana skips over the emotional impact of racist treatment or sexist treatment. Bring it on. The event after which Ifimelu breaks off contact with Obinze is actually that she has no money to pay rent, and she's almost thrown out of her apartment. And so she goes and basically prostitutes herself for $100. She lets a man do things to her just so she can pay the rent. And we've talked about before, I think it was on the Watchmen episode, how unfortunately prevalent sexual violence is in great literature. Almost every book that we have so far discussed in our first nine episodes features an instance of sexual violence, and it's not always treated as a bad thing, which is very, very disturbing. That's not good. That's very bad. And Americana really shows the impact of that. It triggers a, I would call it, depression that had been building up for months and months before, but... After that, she cannot eat, she cannot sleep, she cannot leave her room, she cannot go to university. She is an emotional wreck. And it is drawn out. It is described in excruciating detail. Not the act itself, but the impact of it. I'm afraid that is something that also, like starting a discussion about race and bringing race to the table and insisting on discussing it, this is another thing that people like to not discuss. The fact that this book not only features an instance of sexual violence, but also shows what happens afterwards really puts it above and beyond most of the books that we have discussed so far on the show.
0: I really agree. What I really appreciated about how this issue is treated is that a lot of detail is used to describe the kind of circumstances And as you mentioned, the aftermath, but the event itself is only mentioned in a sentence or so. So the reader themselves has to kind of get what actually happened. It's never mentioned 100% explicitly. That's also something that I liked about how other traumatic experiences are treated in the novel. For example, there is the suicide attempt of D.K., um, Ephemelo's cousin, who's had many problems because of his upbringing and it seems to be the case that he has made it through that he's a an intelligent well-liked young man and suddenly he tries to commit suicide and it's never clear why whether it's a personal problem whether it was depression whether it was something about his position his race and it doesn't matter what matters is that it adds something to the experience of all African-Americans or American Africans.
1: I also really like that this is actually not the only instance of women being forced to engage in relationships for monetary gain. It has really subtly explored this theme. On the one hand, as a very traumatic experience with Ifemelu, but then also a lot of Friends of Auntie Uju are very nonchalant about it and say, Oh, yes, I go out with this man and then this other one, and he buys me lots of nice things, and I'm happy with that. But you wonder, Are they really? And Auntie Uju's experience herself as the mistress of a very rich general, and how that turns into catastrophe. This whole topic of gender relations combined with economic relations and how the consequences of that can be really terrible, is very deftly explored in the entire novel. And
0: it's left to you, basically, whether you condemn it, hopefully, or what else you think about this situation.
1: So I would say, even if you think that you might not like the style so much, try and look beyond that. If you only read one of the books that we recommend to you, so far I would be really glad if it was Americana. It is not just a great book, but I would say an important book. We need more books like that, which is part of the reason why I hope that it will be turned into a film, and I hope that the film is going to be very successful.
0: Actually, Jonas, I agree with regard to that. I may not like the style as much, or I may think that the book could have been presented in a more interesting or more emotional manner, but I think Americana is an important book. Just because... It has been talked about so much and it presents such an interesting and complex perspective that is far beyond what white American or white Middle European readers usually um, get served. So while I may think that it's not always the best written book or I may not always enjoy it as much as other novels that we discussed so far, I think it is certainly one that you should check out just because it presents such a different perspective and it may become even more important and I hope be a kind of role model for many other writers that are women of color. I would
1: especially recommend actually the audiobook version, which is what I listened to for this. It is read by Adora Ando, and she is great at all the different accents that are very important to the voice of the novel. And Ando does this masterfully. So uh, if, you, uh, if you want to read the book, but you think you don't really have the time or you're more of an audio person anyway, because you're listening to a podcast, download the audiobook. It's definitely one of the best ways to experience
0: it, I would guess. But after you've read Americana. What else should you read? Well, my recommendation, again, comes with this caveat of I don't want to be a racist, but... But... No, but the book I would like to recommend is written by an African-American author. And I don't want to equate kind of African-American male authors with American-African female authors and just put it all under the category of... Black literature or something like that.
1: Those, those new people we have to read now because of political correctness gone mad.
0: Exactly. So why I would like to recommend this novel in connection to Americana is because it also portrays a different perspective. And that novel is Sag Harbor by Colson Whitehead. Whitehead has written several books about African-American experience in the US, but always with a different perspective. And in Sag Harbor, he describes a rather straightforward coming-of-age story of African-American teenagers growing up in the 1980s. Some would call Whitehead's style really, really boring because he takes a lot of time to describe very minute things. But at the same time, he also manages to say something about black identity, black middle-class identity as well, without resorting to the usual clichés, both thematically and formally. And there, I think he has much in common with Adichie. So my recommendation, Colson Whitehead's Sag Harbor. If you didn't like the style in Americana, read this other book you're not going to like. Exactly.
1: <laughs> My recommendation is more a book that I had been wanting to read or meaning to read for a while and Americana convinced me to finally do it. It is Dreams from My Father by Barack Obama.
0: Ooh, Obama.
1: <laughs> now, I have mentioned that I've grown rather disillusioned with the man over the past seven years. But as Aditya says in the novel, if only the man who wrote this book could be president. And I downloaded the audiobook read by him, and he is a very good speaker. He has this melodious voice, this very soothing voice, that tells his book in such a nice and flowing way. And you find yourself thinking, yeah, if only the man who wrote this book had been president, he could have made a real difference.
0: So these are all... Topical recommendations. As usual, if you liked what you heard here, recommend us to your friends. Recommend us to your enemies. Recommend us to everyone, regardless of their culture, race, sexual preference, gender, or the way they like to wear their ties.
1: Which brings me to a question. What are we going to read next week, Christian?
0: This next novel couldn't be further apart from the perspective of an American-African woman, it's Casino Royale by Fleming. Ian Fleming.
1: Thank you very much for listening. For more information, visit outsideofadogcast.com. So, Jesse Pinkman is James Bond. Yes.
0: Science, Mr. M. Oh, Mr. <laughs> Q, rather. Maybe. Science, Q. Yeah, Science cue. <laughs> AOM, hit me up with a mission, y'all. <laughs> Martini me bitch! <laughs>